Welcome back to In The Loop, a WordPress podcast by Blackbird Digital. We're a small creative agency, and on this show, we try to keep up with what's happening and talk to people doing cool stuff with, for, and because of WordPress. I'm Corey Hubert, and in this episode, fellow developer Phil Hoyt and I discuss lessons from last year, goals for 2022, the WordPress 5.9 release, Valentine's Day, and compensation in open source. If you have questions about WordPress website development, contributing, or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss, send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as in the loop underscore WP. Enjoy the show. So Phil, the... the the first thing, the first thing I want to ask you before we even get into what we've prepared here, just on the spot. <laughs> um, have you played Wordle? I have not played Wordle. I actually don't even know what Wordle is other than the fact that like it's all taken over my timeline on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So if you know what Wordle is, you're going to need to explain it to me in great detail. <laughs> and um, yeah, tell me what I'm missing out on or not missing out on. Here, here's the thing. So I haven't played it either. Um but you know, it's a it's a big thing right right now in this moment. It's probably already passing. Who knows? But uh, figured it figured I should slide it in. Sure. Um, to start start off the year. Uh, the only the only you know so you know I get the I get the basic gist that you 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 guess guess a five letter word until you get it correctly and it shows you whether or not you got some letters right or I don't know. There's some other color to tell you maybe if you're close or something. I don't know how that works. But regardless. Um, no, I'm just I'm just in a weird intersection of uh, my Twitter timeline being a lot of WordPress folks mm-hmm. who are who are way into it. There's uh, I want to say there's a there's a new um, there's a new what do you call it channel in the post status Slack for games or something mm-hmm. because basically because of Wordle. In Wordle, yeah, it, <laughs> uh-huh. it populated it too much and they had to relegated yeah. to its own little area yeah and then the the other half of my twitter timeline are game developers um, <laughs> mostly sure. mostly indie yeah and so um all i really know is that there there was a bit of drama uh with wordle because of the 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 clone i apps did that showing up yes on app stores. i did read a little bit about the um yeah drama someone was bragging about how much money they were making creating uh-huh. a wordle uh-huh. clone essentially um <laughs> and i saw some really interesting replies to that i thought initially people would you know not you know yeah attack this guy to some degree and be like hey that's wrong you should a, you shouldn't be bragging about it that's a weird thing weird flex but okay mm-hmm. but then also mm-hmm. like yeah you're taking someone else's hot idea right now and then you know profiting off it in a weird way and then i saw but that's not really what i saw in the replies as much as like what i did see was people kind of like you know finding other games that go back to ancient times that basically re- like mimic mortal and blah 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 and i thought that was very fair. i don't know what you ended up seeing but that's what i well, kind of saw yeah all right so 2022 it's a new year yep it's new us in certain respects sure um so i wanted to i wanted to start the new season of of in the loop with a bit of a discussion about uh you know 2022 2021 lessons maybe if we have any and 2022 goals so it it, you know in, in my opinion and if i go back another year right 2020 was 
the year of the pandemic or at least you know the, the start of it basically the, the lost year as i'm referring to <laughs> right, <yeah>. sure <laughs> um you know that that's the that's the time when we when everybody was you know are we are we not uh you know going to remote what's happening the world's falling apart <laughs> 2021 then was at least for me uh the year of pajamas and burnout sure yeah <laughs> or at least it seems it seems that way um for a lot of creatives that that i know personally professionally right so we're like okay we are doing this thing working from home not necessarily used to it some of us um also though like i feel like at least on a personal level and a lot of these other creatives i know you know felt like we all wanted to try to compensate for you know what what we thought was uh you know extra time maybe that we mm. should be utilizing to be more creative or or whatever sure I don't know. Did you feel that way? I think it's really easy to do that when you see maybe more uh, popular artists who came out like, this is the album I created in 2020. Mm -hmm. And this is the film I made, the, the script I made. And then you go like, well, I made some banana bread because <laughs> those bananas kept going bad every week. And um, I cried a lot. So it's like very easy to start comparing yourself to these people who maybe have some privileges uh, that we don't really have. I don't know. I caught my, I, I will say, yeah, it was easy to see that. I think I gave myself a lot of slack in that regards because I've been dealing with burnout probably, I hate to say it, but for years, I don't know if, if I've recovered from it from my late twenties to my, now my mid thirties almost at this point. So um, it, I, I think what I learned in 2021 from 2022 is that like, I, I value a lot of, of different things and i maybe my career never really was 100 percent of those my entire life but i definitely like well it's definitely not those nowadays it's just, <laughs> I, i'm very happy to have the, the the work that i do and work with the people i do but i'm not like a um i'm not a hustler i'm not a Mm -hmm. Aside, I, I want whatever yeah. I do in my free time to be uh, meaningful and like uh, to me, and not like a thing that might monetarily gain me anything yeah, or right. or even clout wise gain me anything. Like I don't even want to make like I make music in my spare time. I don't want that to even ever have an audience that it doesn't like that. I don't feel that didn't kind of happen naturally. Like and you know people be like, oh, you're just not marketing yourself or whatever. But it's like no, I just like I'm doing this for fun. You don't have to be great at everything you do. Um, you kind of I just do it because I enjoy doing it, and that's kind of like the lesson. But yeah, I can totally feel that burn of like oh, I should be you know. I, our commute's gone uh mm -hmm. i'm I, my, sleeping my, more hopefully yeah we're hopefully sleeping more my walk to my office is 30 seconds to from mm -hmm. my walk to my bathroom and it's like so there should be theoretically all these spare time to like do these amazing things but um i also think a lot of creative work needs to happen from experience and living and not a lot mm -hmm. of living happened last year mm -hmm. either <laughs> you know i mm -hmm. i know at least for me it, uh, i'm still feeling pandemic mode i don't like being in large out in public in general and i definitely don't want to be in loud large crowds and travel still very complicated and expensive in a lot of ways and um so lots of the things that we're doing were very localized and um well i think that definitely helped create some of the creative work that i did over the last year um it's definitely a very narrow view of the world so so i feel like yeah, i've yeah. talked a lot how about yourself no no worries no worries yeah there's a there's a lot that we just need to get out about the last year let's be <laughs> sure honest. yeah i mean i i i certainly did uh my fair share of 
of pandemic bread baking. I I I want to claim that it it you know I had I had been sourdough doing sourdoughing for, <laughs> for years before that, but um, you know the the pandemic really kicked it into high gear. I even you know. I mean, not just sourdough, but fermentation in general. I started a whole, started a whole blog about that. Even though, again, like I had plans to start that, uh, you know, going into 2020. So it wasn't, it, it wasn't completely a response to the <laughs> pandemic. I swear. <laughs> um, but whatever. Maybe I'll yeah. just, you know, slide a link to that into the description if anyone's interested. Crockoftime.com. <laughs> Um, but anyways, let's, uh, but, but, but another, um, effort of, of the, uh, the pajamas and burnout year was this, this very podcast. Yeah. Yeah. A reboot of of sorts. Well, yeah. I mean, hardly, hardly (laughs) reboot. We just kind of like, oh yeah, we should probably actually do this thing. (laughs) We'll pick this thing back up. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but here we are. And, uh, um, if if you're if you're interested in you know what happened last season, if this is the first episode you're listening to, and you want to get an overview, we did a season one highlights episode in December, uh, so that's a great way to just kind of go in for just roughly an hour, just a normal length, um, and get uh, an overview of all the people we talked to and uh, the things we talked about, and you don't have to. <laughs> Hey, that's, I'm just going to talk through it. Oh, that's well. life for uh, working at home. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. This, that's the pajamas part of this. Um, yeah. Anyways, if you don't want to commit to you know ten plus hours of listening to uh, season one like I had to in order to grab all those clips, because <laughs> I didn't think that I didn't think about that in advance. So this year we we'll do it this, along the way. Yeah, we'll grab some clips, but but also you know. Um, you know, some accomplishments, I suppose we, we've surpassed 500 listens a couple episodes back. Um, we're on wppodcast.com. Um, it seems to be stuck, I think on episode nine for some reason. And the last one before this was 11. So we'll see what's going on there. But, um, yeah, so, so we're, we're listed amongst other, you know, greats <laughs> in the community. So that's, that's fun. Um, Yeah. Yeah, 2021. 2021 was was a good year for us with the podcast. Was getting it going finally, and maybe hitting our stride a little bit, learning a lot. Maybe, but anyways, let's. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of hitting our stride, let's talk about 2022. (laughs) This year, this season, season two. Uh, Yeah. So um, we already have some guests lined up for this year. Um, So yeah, stay tuned. Until the end, I'll, I'll give a little teaser about uh, the next episode and who, who we'll be talking to. But um, also, I think just in general, uh, hopefully hopefully you can f- look forward to a more regular monthly release schedule. At least I'm doing my best here to try to sort that out. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll hear from some other folks here at Blackbird and uh, not just not just me and Phil. <laughs> but, you know... Um, you know, baby steps. Um, but another thing I, I wanted to talk about related to uh, pajamas and burnout. Uh, last year, we did a little fun segment in a couple episodes about music to code to. Um, and looking back, especially while 
uh, preparing for this episode, uh, realizing how much of last year was about burnout in general. Um, I, I kind of sort of feel like the, uh, the whole like, uh, music and, you know, listening to music to code is, is a little, a little, you know, you know, hyper, uh, it hyper productivity that's the word sure, i'm looking for yeah, yeah. like i don't want to i you know i i think this year i want to i want to go in a different direction right instead of uh being so so solely focused on every part of this podcast is about working doing wordpress getting paid <laughs> which you know don't get don't get me wrong good things but uh, i want to slip in some stuff about maybe other things we're doing hobby wise media consumption wise things that we do to step back from from the uh, the world of work um but but i don't think we should get into that until yeah we'll get into that later yeah i'm we'll just definitely you know just gonna put that out there as maybe a change um i i want to i want to ask our guests these sort of questions so it's not entirely how do you want to wind what are you yeah yeah see i want to hear those sorts of things uh, i want you know i want ideas for things to you know tv shows to watch and, for sure uh, books to read and yeah i look forward video to games that to play. yeah <laughs> um so look forward to that hopefully anything else i don't know do, do you have goals for 2022 yeah. um you know i think for me it's just to be more involved i think i kind of was a backseat podcaster oh, i got no. i got to be no. last last year um and you know yeah hopefully this year i'll get uh into the interviewing uh mm-hmm. ring a little bit and maybe try to bring in some guests that i look forward to speaking to um you know having been part of the wordpress community for well over a decade now i've definitely had my fair share of great conversations at WordCamps, so i look forward to maybe translating that into the podcast this year all right but yeah let's uh talk about wordpress 5.9 a little bit oh, do we I- have to uh you know we probably should it is a wordpress podcast um but i think by the time this by the time this goes out it'll definitely be released it's supposed to be released actually from the day of this recording tomorrow um so i thought it was uh, wait a minute am i wrong oh okay never mind i was wrong for some reason in my brain is the 22nd but um yeah so it's gonna be after this is uh published hopefully so yeah this is wordpress 5.9 that is bringing full site editing to the masses that you no longer have to have gutenberg specifically installed and activated to uh be able to use full site editing and i know for a fact that both of us have been working on full site (laughs) editing quite a bit as of recent i that's right just released my full site editing theme tendo which i talked about at nauseum in the previous podcast last year saying that it would go live eventually and it finally did go live um at least one of them so um, that is now live and i'm very proud of it and yeah it's on actually several of my personal websites and i got to learn a lot about full site editing through that process and i know Mm. you have a project of your own Oh, I do. I do. I do. But before we get into that, I just wanted to mention a couple of quick things that make me excited about this release that aren't full site, sure. well, aren't specifically full site editing, but, and I don't have a long list, but there's things that have made my life easier when using the Gutenberg plugin. Um, and now they're coming to, you know, WordPress core release. So um, there's uh, the first one is a little utility hook. Um, for making native blocks called use inner blocks props right so we've had for a while since um 
uh, uh, the block API version went to version two. So at that point, and that was a couple releases ago, um, there was a hook available called use block props. And this hook would let you basically um, add the attributes that the Gutenberg editor needed to your kind of wrapper element for whatever your block is in the editor so that it wasn't always adding a bunch of extra wrapper elements, right? So like, so that was taking us one step closer to the editor being the same, you know, markup wise as the front end. Um, but, but there was still, uh, there, there's still that issue with when you're using the inner blocks. Um, so when you want to have other blocks put into your block, um, when you use the inner blocks, um, component, uh, that still adds those wrapper elements so that, so, you know, anytime you want to make some sort of grid layout or columns or any sort of like layout with these children blocks, uh, it's a pain in the, it's a pain in the butt. But, uh, but now we can, we can do the same thing we used on the, uh, outer wrapper element basically for the inner blocks. So you use inner blocks props on the inner element. It doesn't add a bunch of extra, Markup, it's great. Um, check it out if you haven't used that before. If you're doing native block development, and uh, second of all, um, you know I haven't I haven't tried this yet, but I'm interested in in checking out what it can do for us in terms of our custom theme development and creating sort of templates that uh, you know when you create posts like already existing templates and things like that. Um, the ability to not just do template locking on the mm -hmm. you know entire block um like inner blocks level that kind of thing but actually locking specific blocks uh so that's coming um yeah. again i haven't i haven't used it yet but uh basically it, it basically means that you can or can't like move a block they have a whole bunch of settings we'll, we'll link to the um we'll link to the uh documentation here about the, yeah. the feature but that should be interesting yeah I think that opens up, uh, you know, for us uh, working at, at an agency level, we often are supplying blocks and templates to our clients that uh, more or less need to just be adding data and they don't want to fuss with the blocks as much as um, the editor allows you to. And right, yeah, right. these are going to help us immensely with being able to create those experiences for them. So yeah, very exciting yeah. stuff. And the only other thing that I just want to mention, there's lots more. So go oh, check yeah. out. There's so much um, coming. The, uh, 5.9 field guide um, and that'll give you an overview of everything we'll link to that but um columns block um i just had this surprise um it i don't uh, i should have confirmed this before we recorded this i don't know if it's going to be in the 5.9 release or not sure I, I believe it probably will be but in the latest version of the gutenberg plugin the columns block is no longer using like right uh right and bottom like margins on the child columns uh it's actually using the gap property of yes flexbox the css gap property this is one step closer to my ideal situation of <laughs> also removing the hard-coded breakpoints so that the theme developers can handle where columns break and all that sort of stuff but one step at a time uh i'm really i just 
way too excited about the fact that the cowards are using <laughs> it came at such a great time because i believe you were just about to try to like kind of oh re-engineer the way the columns block works to some degree um for i was your, trying uh, to figure out how to completely could uh, so another i guess another feature no 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 i'm sorry that came with 5.8 so it's already a thing yeah um blocks can um if you either have um there's like a theme support flag. I, I forget what it, what it is at the moment, but there's a theme support flag that you can have all of the core blocks output their CSS individually. And um, what that does is also uh, if a, if a block isn't loaded on a particular page, um, it doesn't load that CSS. So it only loads the CSS for the blocks that are on the page. So that's, that's pretty neat. Uh, I think that is automatically enabled for block themes or full site editing themes. Um, I was trying to figure out a way to completely override the CSS for just the columns block only um, because just doing normal CSS overrides with a hard-coded breakpoint is not fun. (laughs) So I wanted to replace the entire style sheet completely. Um, Maybe I'm going to back off on that for now. I don't know. Maybe I can deal with the hard-coded breakpoint for the time being. Um, We'll see because I am working, like Phil said, on also a a full-site editing theme uh for blackbird for blackbird's own website um was really hoping to get that done before the end of this month i don't know if it's going to be done by the time this podcast goes out but maybe before the next one i don't know uh, we'll definitely let you folks know uh when we yeah. have a new site out if it's using you know the full set editor um and go check out the uh you know the podcast page <laughs> um <laughs> Because, sorry, speaking of that and 2022 goals, another goal that I that I forgot to talk about is having transcripts for the podcast. That's another, that's a personal goal of mine to um, get transcripts happening for each of these episodes, get them up on the site. Um, so hopefully you can look forward to that uh, when the site goes live. But anyways, getting back to it. Yeah. Full site editor. Full site editor. Uh, who it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's been, um, it's been a journey so, so far. Um, it's a, it's a, it, basically when I started this process, so, so I've been working on, uh, we've been working on a scaffolding for our, our themes, a new scaffolding, um, in, you know, this brave new world of Gutenberg and, you know, the theme JSON, uh, block JSON and all that other stuff. Right. Um, and when I decided I'm going to, I'm going to try doing a, block theme for the blackbird site um i went into our scaffold and basically deleted every single php template file pretty much uh not needed here that was basically yeah that was basically how that process began so that was eye-opening but also in a way like it always kind of feels really good to delete code sure oh yeah it's it's cathartic I, I think something i realized a lot while building my full site editing template or theme um for the repository is just how much less code is required to mm-hmm. get a theme that is you know functional and out in the world um you know versus you know the php wordpress way where you needed a lot of template hierarchies to kind of help you um you know guide the decisions that wordpress was making for you um and actually that might bring us into a nice segue of this tweet that we both saw <laughs> earlier, earlier today um, around, um, you know, the fact that we can create things without any code. Um, 
here soon. So, um, yeah, how, the, the, this is, uh, by, uh, Carolina Nymark. She, she just tweeted, uh, today as we're recording this, yeah. uh, the tweet reads, did you know WordPress is two, maybe three tickets slash pull requests away from allowing us to create themes without knowing any code? Yeah. Um, and she linked to a couple, uh, there. So that's, almost alarming <laughs> i don't i don't well i'll say this having done my full set editing theme i you know while there is you know some code in there it's not a lot not a lot mm-hmm. and i would actually mm-hmm. like to ask you how how have you been creating a lot of your templates uh for your your site so um in the case of yeah because this is an interesting thing that we could get into and maybe even more in another episode as well sure. but the difference between putting out a um a theme in the repository versus creating a client and or you know our own um website with even with the full site editor right so we're still talking about like working uh working to build a site whether or not it's using full site editing uh, according to like a design right um and you know maybe maybe that's how some you know um full size editing uh repository themes might get done as well i don't know i don't know what your process was for for building tendo sure yeah i'll get into it here soon yeah but but um you know we're, we're we're we work with really great designers here at blackbird to do the design part to make stuff look cool and be functional we collaborate on that kind of stuff and then then we end up building it and so now um you know my i have an approach i i hope it works out um it it definitely has been a, a bit of a learning curve, but I guess it boils down to, right? So like instead of PHP templates, we have just straight up HTML templates that get kind of imported as block block templates, right? We can go and edit those, you know, different templates and template parts right there in the back end. Um and you can save those and they kind of override the the file and the theme theme files is kind of a starting point right um and you know when when so when i've been building it first of all i've actually been using the block editor directly yeah um to to you know kind of lay stuff out and then exporting the templates and pulling them into the theme so that sure. the theme stays up to date with where I want the actual templates to be once I push it live. Right. Um, so, so that's been interesting and yeah. really working a lot more with the WordPress like interface during development. So I guess just to like paint the picture a little bit, a, a contrast to like maybe a previous workflow would be to, you'd have your ID open, you'd like VS code or whatever, and you would have PHP templates uh, for, let's say, let's say the index, which is like, you know, your bare level, uh, entry file for WordPress to get into and you'd have like a, a tag for the header and a tag for the footer at the bottom and in the middle you'd have like your content and the loop that would then output um, so you're you're coding quite a bit which goes to this thing we're, we're now like yeah we're le- legitimately have a install of WordPress that we're logging into dragging and dropping some things around and then um, you know hitting the export button and an export button that then kind mm-hmm. of gives you all these files for these templates that you can then 
put into your theme folder, which is the workflow I kind of finally landed on for my theme, um, which kind of is what gave me a false positives, uh, not a lot, of, like a lot of false starts with my theme for a while there, because um, I was trying to hand code these markup, <laughs> um, these HTML files for a while there, thinking that was more of the correct way to create my headers and my footers and my, you know, because that's the, the system I came from. Right. Um, and after essentially just having, you know, block recovery errors nonstop <laughs> i i kind of gave up and surrendered to the editor um which um <laughs> <Surrender. yeah. laughs> just kind of yeah. futile it's yeah. kind of what it felt like uh you know after having about six false starts on this theme in the last year alone um where I had a completely different design where I had a Figma file with like, you know, I have a sidebar here and the content here and I want the loop to look like this. So basically throwing all of that out the window and be like, okay, what is the general idea I want out of this theme? And then translating that into what was possible in full site editing, which is like, you know, the correct fonts, the correct colors, the correct spacing, the correct, um, um, you know, it, it kind of a look and a feel and less of an mm-hmm. actual design. That's all, the only way I was going to be able to get this full site editing theme out the door and into the repository um, was kind of like, yeah, surrendering to what mm-hmm. full site editing is currently capable of doing. Um, but yeah, my workflow had to drastically change because of that. And it does go to like, I had to do very little amounts of code until I started doing things like block variations um, and uh, custom block styles. And that's when I had to start doing a little bit of PHP to instantiate those and then a little bit of CSS just to, but that's less than, I would guess I did less than 800 lines of code in this project, which (laughs) is, you know, way below any project I've released professionally. Um, Right. So, yeah very it feels interesting times it feels a little bit like a return to what you know the what the word theme means or maybe should should mean sure um you know i, I don't want to get anyone angry of course um <laughs> we're still there's still php involved there's still a functions file you can still utilize hooks and all that good stuff um you can even still add php templates templates in and, and have those be used instead of the um you know the the, the you know full site editing the, the html templates but uh i don't really want to cross the streams you know what i mean um, yeah. <laughs> i haven't tried that um but uh but yeah you know in in a way i feel like a theme should mean more um styles than than anything mostly. yeah i agree um I'm lose, losing the name of, uh, you know, the, the, the CSS Zen garden, uh, mm-hmm, approach, mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. essentially the markup kind of just spits out on the page and then your styles, uh, are what influence it. Um, right. And we're kind of getting back to that. Um, uh, we, I want to say getting like back it. to it, but maybe it's becoming more of a pure version of what it maybe always should have been. And now we're getting the tools, um, to allow that. I think, you know, maybe you're feeling some sorts of frustration around FSE and myself as well at an agency level, because we've been Mm -hmm. able to do so many amazing things with PHP templates. Um, and now it's, uh, a lot, a few more steps in a different workflow than what we're used to at the moment. Um, but I think I at least see maybe the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, well, maybe not the light. I see the, the, (laughs) I see the philosophy that this could eventually get us to, um, with Mm -hmm. WordPress. And that excites me to, um, be a WordPress developer at the moment. Mm. 
optimism. I like it. It looks good on you. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to try. Um, so, so something else, you know, interesting about my experience right now with the full site editor, um, obviously it doesn't have everything I need, right? No, of course. Um, even the things that it does have, while it can build a basic site with the core blocks, you know, the, the design that I'm working off of needs, needs more than that. Right. So, um, there is, for instance, a site, uh, site navigation block. Is that what it's called? I think you know, it's some kind of menu block. block. Yeah. Um, and it even has, it even has options for, you know, collapsing to a hamburger menu and you can even tell it to always be collapsed. Um, so that it, you know, it's not, you know, it's just, it's just always a button, right. That you open and close yeah. and it, and it automatically will, will has the styles and the JavaScript necessary to pull open and close the a side menu. Right. Um, and yeah, but by, by the way, menu, menu stuff is completely changing in 5.9, at least with this kind of full site editing concept, um, completely new place where menus are stored. They're stored as blocks. There's special cases. I haven't played too much with it, but, um, that's happening. <laughs> Be aware of that. Um, but, it, but, but anyways, so, but, but this block, you know, while I could maybe style it to look slightly different, um, you know, I need to do more with that actual menu. I need to actually have two different menus yeah. in, in there if, if for, for this particular design, I need to have the logo in there for this particular design. I need to have, sure. um, a separate place where the social icons are. So kind of almost like three menus in here. And I, don't have that with the current blocks. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know, think I, I, I think I have a very similar issue when why I chose not to do uh, full site <laughs> editing on my current project at um, Blackbird uh, is because yeah, the, the menu slide out as you know, lack of a better the, the lack of a better term um, contains the site logo and the mm-hmm. uh, utility navigation and a main navigation mm-hmm. and social yep. icons and all yep. these things. Same thing, right? So, yeah, same yeah. designer too. So of course, totally. Um, yeah, of course you know and it makes sense to have those things we we, there's a purpose for having those things there and so you know my approach here is going to be you know anything that i would have made you know would have built into a a custom template that the user has no control over that that just becomes a custom block right which you know has its upsides and its downsides right i mean we get closer to having the editor be you know, just like the front end. Right. Um, but we also get closer to making it easier for users who don't feel as comfortable with the editor to, you know, break things. Right. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, you know, it's that, that constant balance that we're trying to find for our clients, you know, depending on where they're at too, with, you know, complete control versus, you know, a, a very guided experience and it depends on what they want and what they need. But, yeah. um, you know, for us at Blackbird, for our own internal site, we can go wild. We can do whatever we want. You know, we can experiment. That's yeah. kind of what this is. Um, we're luckily at the, us as developers are at the forefront of what full site editing is capable of and doing. So it, it makes sense for us to be able to do our own website in full site editing currently mm-hmm. versus possibly doing, this for a client who might not right. be ready for this level of interactivity with their website. Plus at this point, it's still quote unquote in beta. Sure. Um, yes, it won't be anymore once the podcast is out, but we'll see. Um, yeah. And I think if we've learned anything from just using Gutenberg and the block editor in general, things 
are always changing even after they're out of yep. beta. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I think while we're this fresh and we're going to get it into this many hands, I could see full site editing changing dramatically in the next several months, um, uh, you know, at a Gutenberg level and then eventually in a release mm-hmm. level. So, right. um, but yeah, it, it feels... I guess- I think I think in con- contrast to maybe our podcast last last year at this time, where we weren't even touching, we were barely uh-huh. touching the block editor, let alone um, you know thinking about full site editing. And you know we've kind of mm-hmm. come you know done a one eighty on. It's all of uh, it. it's it's the Gutenberg shuffle part four. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I hook line and sinker that was perfect. No, it's um, that's done. That's over with. But really, <laughs> honestly, this is like the next step that I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about when we did all those other segments sure. last year about you know transitioning to this Gutenberg uh, based you know world. Um, this is that next step, and I want to be ahead of it if we can. But the que- the big question is should you know, as an agency, should you be building full site editing themes right now? Yeah. Even before, even before it's launched. Um, do you have thought, do you have thoughts on that? Do I have thoughts on that? Um, I think, <laughs> you know, we've had this conversation in private already and it, uh, you know, choose wisely on the projects that you're choosing for. If you have a client mm-hmm. who, um, would benefit from it and it, maybe you can even make that a conversation with your client on what you're doing and how you're doing it. I think that's a conversation I wish I would have had with more clients previously when we were experimenting with the block editor, um, was mm-hmm. like to sit down with that client, and be like, Hey, this is experimental. This is new. This is beta. This is, um, we, I want to try this with you because I believe your, your website would benefit from this. Uh, and those are not conversations we had as often. And that's something I've learned from since then. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think you're, it's going to be on a per project basis. If you have a design that would not benefit from full site editing right now, uh, yeah, I would hundred percent stay away from it. The old way of doing WordPress still works. It's, it didn't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think that's like another thing you need to wrap your head around is like the old way of like building themes and plugins and, you know, doing that kind of stuff is still more or less still there. Um, I personally always see these tweets about people deactivating the block editor. Just use the block editor. Like (laughs) even if you're building an old school style theme and then your editor kind of just kind of spits out into like a div in the middle of your page, it still has a sidebar. The Gutenberg editor is not bad for that. that. Yeah. You can still do like that. And like, yeah, your alignments aren't really that messed up because of that. Like, you know, they just go to the full width of your container that you've built for it. Uh, And that's not, you can, you can not, you can, you can not add, you know, alignment support too, right? Yeah. You can, yeah. Deactivate. Yeah. So you have options. So um, yeah, I guess for me, make long story long, uh, it's going to be on a per project (laughs) basis. Uh, and I have, uh, you know, I'm only working on one project at a time right now, like as I think, you know, a healthy developer probably should. Um, but, um, yeah, the, my current project didn't make sense for that, but maybe a future project will. And, um, yeah, I'm going to continue to make full site editing themes and improve my current one in the repository to keep myself sharp on that. Um, and maybe push the envelope a little bit with those development. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be, say, a, you know, per client. My, my opinion on this is already what I'm, what I'm doing, right? Like if, if you can, if you have the bandwidth, (laughs) if you're lucky to have the bandwidth to be able to, you know, redevelop your own website using the full site editor, um, go for it, right? You can't necessarily lose. You're going to learn in that process, even if you don't end up going with it and don't publish it you will be informed about 
how it works and what clients might end up expecting in the near future um, because this will be a, you know a core feature of WordPress moving forward just literally next month it's just going to be part of WordPress um, this month if you're you know listening <laughs> the day it drops right um, so you should you should check it out um, you know, even if you're, you know, even if you're using advanced custom fields to do custom blocks, you can still do it that way and still utilize the, um, you know, the full site editor for, you know, custom things, you know, it'll just be basically, okay, now you, you have full block control over the header. You have full block control over the footer, Sure. you know, those, those sorts of aspects. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know when, you know, the next client project will come along this year. Maybe it will be this year. Sure. Maybe, maybe something will make sense. Um, well, I think like, a, I'm not betting a, on it, but <laughs> I think something that was like interesting last year is that when widgets were allowed to um, have blocks in them, mm -hmm. I started basically replacing footers with that yeah, yeah, because it same. just made more sense to allow people to drag and drop menus around versus, um, you know, uh, painting them into a corner with like a template that basically has columns and a couple right. menus and where their logos went. And if they need something tweaked, they would have to call us and, you know, we'd have to go edit that theme file for them right. um, versus now. Like, doing yeah, the same thing. Just go the right. Footer, just a whole widget area, even like in the header, like in the like menu. Sure. Widget area. You could put yeah. menus in the widgets area. Yep. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> yep. It's a good stepping stone. So it's like a half step. Yep. Yeah. Which is great. I wish, yeah, I wish more development was that way of thinking where you're like thinking of how do we get to uh, the full version of it while, you know, not be, maybe being 100% ready yet. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, let's, why don't we, I, I, why don't we move on from let's move the full on. site editor? Let's do it. Yeah. Full site editing coming soon, to, coming to a browser near you. <laughs> you can bet on it. So this is our uh, our February episode, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is my really lame way of uh, talking about something I've been wanting to talk about for years, and that's uh, Valentine's Day is in the middle of this month. And, um, the month of love. <laughs> the month of love. And you know what I love more than anything? WordPress plugins. WordPress plugins. WordPress plugins are my favorite thing. They make WordPress worth using. Uh, you know, they add all the extra functionality that doesn't come out of the box without cluttering up your your install. Um, and I've always wanted, but never had the social clout to push out onto the social media uh, to use Valentine's Day as a time to appreciate the plugins that we use the most and appreciate mm -hmm. the most. Um, so I'm asking, and uh, I, I will try to get some more um, marketing assets out onto our Twitter <laughs> um, that kind of describes what we want to do. But take some time this Valentine's Day to uh, leave reviews on your favorite WordPress plugins. Um, I only have a handful here that I wanted to talk about really quickly, but um, I noticed that uh, several of my favorite plugins have nearly no reviews. And reviews are the best way to, um, you know, promote said uh, plugins. Uh, I hear for all the time from uh people complaining on Twitter about their plugins. So uh, one of my mm -hmm. favorite uh, uh, plugins being the flexible spacer block only has three reviews. Uh, the layout grid block only has seven and the SEO framework only has 296. And those are three amazing um, plugins and they don't have many reviews. So mm -hmm. um, 
I implore you this Valentine's Day to get out there and leave a review for your favorite. Do you have any favorite plugins, Corey? I I do. I I made a, a bit of a list. Um, I basically have a, a two part list, right? I have plugins that we use all the time on on our client sites just to make development easier um, for the kind of sites that we build. Um, so the first one I've got here is Safe SVG. We we do a lot of work. We have a very talented illustrator on staff um, that is doing a lot of SVG work. Um, and we, we need to be able to bring those into a WordPress site. And by default, WordPress does not allow SVG uploads. Uh, there, there are good reasons for, for good that. Reasons, but this, yeah. yeah, because it is markup, it is an application, it can include malicious things, right? So um, what this plugin does is it, is it does its best to um, sanitize SVGs. And, and there, there are even hooks that are provided where you can kind of alter um, you know, what you allow and don't allow into an SVG upload. But, um, so, so I, so we use that plugin pretty much on every site because we use SVGs as often as we can. That one's got, uh, that one's only got 50, about 60, 60 reviews, surprisingly enough. Um, another one we use a lot, uh, custom post type UI. Um, I just, I just love custom yeah. post type UI. I mean, even if even if I'm going to embed custom post type stuff into like a plugin or whatever, uh, it lets you export that code. It's great. Um, I really I really like that plugin. That one's got two hundred some two hundred some reviews. Um, and then redirection, right? We're doing a lot of um, we're doing a lot of websites that are replacing an old website, and there's probably plenty of links that need to be redirected. Um, after the fact so and that one's that one's got a higher that one's got somewhere in the 500s i think um not they're not doing too shabby but still uh i never i just these are plugins that i myself realized hey i haven't left a review for sure yeah <laughs> i don't think i've left a review for any of these plugins yeah i'm going to write a handful of these before valentine's day and save them for right. that this times because yeah i realize i'm i'm one of those people who haven't and i use these on every mm -hmm. single client project that i've done for a long time yeah Yep. On a personal level, there are a couple that I use uh, on on my blog that blog about fermenting. Um, the related posts by Taxonomy plugin uh, is really great. Um, it kind of solves that issue that you know everybody's always trying to figure out how to do related posts, and this sure. is just a simple and easy way to do that by some kind of taxonomy. I'm just using tags on that site. Um, and also a comment blacklist manager. If you if you're if you're managing a site, we don't we don't often do sites at an agency level that that have comments, you know, enabled on blogs. But if you if you have your own personal blog um, and you don't have a blacklist, uh, go go check out this plugin. It's super helpful for spam. Um, and then last but not least, uh, I have to say I have to say it, Gutenberg. <laughs> the Gutenberg plugin, I, I get it. It's a you know, it's a controversial, but sure, uh, it could probably use time, the, I think, the help bump, and love. Bump maybe, those up, yeah. Maybe flip that ratio a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is time. I think we need to accept our fate. <laughs> like we said, resistance is futile. No, it's not. But you know, I I think it's worth giving it another look if if you've been on the other side of the fence and and didn't want anything to do with it um 
check it out again. Yeah, uh, and I you know, it's... even if you're not installing the plugin, it I didn't think it's... I, what I'm trying to say is it didn't deserve the, all of the negative reviews that it got because most of those were just backlash against the sure. very idea. I think so. if you haven't tried full, uh, the block editor at minimum in a while, it's worth trying again. If you've deactivated it on your site, I, I think it's worth uh, turning it back on for a moment, plucking around on it. Because I believe it is a, if you especially if you just have a blog, it is a really great writing oh experience. God, it's, um, it's so good. Yeah, comparatively speaking I to you know, um, you know, using short codes to add columns, stuff like that. I think it's it's definitely worth that time. But yeah, thank you, Corey, for sharing those. Yeah, I, I we will have more on our Twitter uh, describing what I'm hoping we can consider an event, a review event um, mm-hmm. for Valentine's Day. And yeah, uh, we'll uh, show your favorite plugin some love this year. And while we're on the topic, um, <laughs> because it's not just plugins, and you know, maybe maybe reviews don't make sense anymore, but you know, there's been a lot of discussion in the past month about open source in general, right? Because um, we kind of, you know, WordPress has this plugin ecosystem, but open source in general kind of almost, in a way, is kind of like the, you know, plugin ecosystem of sure. of the web, of, of, of our careers, maybe even, <laughs> um, dare I say. Um, yeah, so a lot has been happening uh in january and, yeah well, end of end of december into january uh, in in the open source world and a lot a lot more well they're talking about it at the white house certainly <laughs> or they did um they had a meeting i think it was late december if i'm recalling correctly or maybe it was this month i think it was Time, or, time's flying yeah earlier this month yeah yeah, where they had a meeting after the log for J, um, you know, issue, uh, exploit, uh, disaster, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I tried getting, uh, I, I couldn't find a ton of info about what they actually talked about, uh, at that meeting. Uh, it sounded like a lot of, you know, CEOs just talking to each other about, how they can solve all the world's problems. Of course. Um, I don't know if there were any software developers in the room or not <laughs> personally. Um, but I, but I pulled a couple quotes from some, some uh, news articles that I found uh, yeah. about the meeting. Uh, the first one was that they talked about quote, a formation of a new organization that would serve as a marketplace for open source maintenance, matching volunteers with critical projects. Hmm. That's pretty vague. It, I mean, right. <laughs> it's, it's very CEO speak to me. Um, I don't know. It kind of, you know, what, what is GitHub? Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, I, 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 I get it. I get like a more of a focus on the matching volunteers to critical infrastructure maintenance kind of projects, but you also have to decide, well, somebody has to decide what, what are those critical infrastructure projects? And right. I guess, I guess the one qualified to say that is probably GitHub with, you know, downloads or NPM or whatever. Sure. And um, who's it critical to is, I guess my, my problem here. <laughs> who, who are these critical to? And like, yeah, who's benefiting from volunteer work that, you know, uh, I think we've had, 
a lot of uh open source drama in the recent oh, yes. history uh and just who is maintaining these and you know when when does when do these large corporations that depend on this you know more or less free software uh free uh you know free to them yeah free to them yeah how does that play uh you know the you know into all of this like it, these this is a hard conversation for me to have because i'm just not educated enough to uh uh know all of the ways to debate this but yeah like we have people maintaining projects for free and large corporations profiting off of them and maybe not mm -hmm. even honoring those licenses in a lot of ways mm -hmm. that some of these softwares you know put out into the world um yeah how does I, I don't know how that all fits into it and you know i know you know in the wordpress sphere of things uh you know we clearly benefit from a lot of those free projects as well yeah i you know i i i think I, I haven't, I, I, there's been a lot of conversations, you know, amongst the people in open source, even, even amongst WordPress, um, there, there was an interesting, for instance, uh, uh, a, a Twitter, what do they call it? Twitter space or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, recently that was co-hosted by Daniel Schutzmith and Ali Nimmons. Um, that, that was titled you know, hashtag WP talks get contributors paid and attract people grow WordPress. Um, and yeah, that was an interesting conversation. Um, just listening to a bunch of smart people involved in this community, um, you know, having a conversation about like, you know, open source and, and you know, open source contributions and, um, uh, getting paid or not, you know, for that kind of stuff. Um, there, there were a couple of interesting, maybe suggestions that were debated. I don't think anybody has the answer, personally. But um, apparently, uh, Yoast, the person, not the company, um, <laughs> sure. at some point, uh, not in this particular conversation, but somewhere else, somebody brought it up. May had, had a suggestion that WordPress try to, you know, develop uh, more of a like an app store approach to sure. plugins. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about this. Yeah, this is a conversation previously. we started recently um, in one of our uh, internal meetings. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we were thinking, you know, what are other ways to, you know, monetize the the work that we do here? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, what are the woes of getting something like that off the ground? Right now, you either have to go to a marketplace that exists such as pardon me for saying it, but theme forest, which is not very popular in the uh, community for many reasons. And, um, you know, I think lots of people associate it with where kind of janky premium themes go to be sold. <laughs> um, or you have to roll your own entire company from the ground up, yeah. you know, domain name, word install, uh, some kind of digital download, some licensing solution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is a large amount of work uh, to maybe just sell a simple plugin that you might want to just make a few dollars per uh, install um, to solve a simple problem, um, and you know, I believe those people who make those those solutions should be compensated if they you know want to be compensated for that work. I mean, it, these are not easy things to maintain all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we'll get back to that in a moment because yeah. I have some thoughts. But <laughs> sure. um, but yeah, do, you know, do we want do we want the 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 main you know plugin? you know, search in inside of the dashboard of WordPress to be a majority, I would maybe guess, you know, 
uh, paid paid plugins, or do you think that it would still like do it? Do you think that if if this sort of thing were implemented, right, sure. an app store like WordPress plugin repository, where you could charge directly through there sure. and and have subscriptions directly through it, however that works on people's individual you know site installs versus yep. a central place like google or apple's app store right sure we won't get into that but um if that were a thing that could happen um do you think most plugins would still be free for people to install and use you know in the wordpress ecosystem i think it would take quite a bit i think it'd be depend on how they uh implemented it of course so like licensing and how that would be tied to everything maybe some of these plugins would figure out a way to come up especially the, I, I think of some of the plugins that i even just know, I mentioned which are relatively small plugins like they're a, a single block or a single solution mm-hmm. um i could see them you know switching maybe over to a small purchase per install um type uh thing but i do think the not maybe not a majority but um well yeah i think a majority would probably still say free to some degree um or have mm-hmm. a free version um like many freemium you know acf has um their free version and ninja forms and there's, all these kind of things. So there's only, there's only one other, th- I mean, I'm sure that's uh, that there are tons of examples, but something that comes to mind, <laughs> this kind of goes back to my love of video games. Yeah. Uh, and also sort of in this realm, uh, you know, indie games and stuff like that. Um, independent creators. Right. So there was this game console uh, many years ago that, rose and fell in the blink of an eye it feels like <laughs> it was called the ouya oh yeah i'm aware and this was a this was a game console that was built on android um and very very small but you know it it boasted sort of a, a more indie focused you know uh, game app store or what have you right yeah and one of the things that they they um required on their app store is that you must have a free version of whatever the game, yep, right? Yep. Even if it was just like a a demo, <clears> of a trial sort. or yeah. demo, whatever. Like it had to have that, and then you could have a, a purchase. Um, the company doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. You know, I don't know all of the ins and outs about the, the entire business, and if that's the reason that it failed or not. But um, there's a data point, I guess. Um, but obviously WordPress is, you know, and, and it's plugin repository is all completely free. There's no, there's no payments right now. And WordPress seems to be doing okay, but there is a big company sort of backing it to a degree and also profiting off of a, of a different kind of business model from it, which is fine. Uh, so I don't know. Um, see what happens, I guess. And another thing that, was brought up were actually Mike Demo. So our last guest that we've we've had on the show, um, he brought up, and I don't think that this was his idea necessarily, but he he brought up that he had heard of some of his um, friends or or whatever charging a ten percent open source fee on all of their invoices to for client work. Um, obviously, WordPress, you know, related, or maybe there were another other things but yeah the that's that's an interesting concept but then that that becomes that's you know on you as an agency to then decide 
where does that where those extra money go, go? and yeah. hopefully nobody gets greedy and decides <laughs> to just keep it of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i i had to guess i wouldn't trust any most companies to be able to make that decision consistently yeah so <laughs> I, yeah lots of lots of conversations happening about about getting you know open source maintainers and contributors paid with money but there's there's another there's another side to this and and I don't know if it's a one to one sort of um a conversation like with like the WordPress plugins right because there there's there's a certain line that software to me crosses when it becomes like a um something that's usable by the general public right it becomes an app or or whatever right that that anybody can just like kind of install on, sure. on their wordpress site right but there's there's a much broader open source right which which is you know people maybe they're doing something a lot and they decide to make it into a single thing yeah. <laughs> that you know that they can reuse and the, and they decide that this is something that other people could use and they're little things that like you know your average person won't just go and 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 grab and somehow be able to use but other developers can end up using this is kind of getting back to like what the heck the the white house meeting was all about really is like most big software the entire web pretty much you know is 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 maintained by this you know jenga tower of open source projects um and we've all seen probably by now the xkcd uh <laughs> panel <laughs> about the one you know maintainer in some odd state that has been doing something for free for years and is holding up a huge chunk of of something right um i don't know what the solution to this but is to this but to me at least my experience with open source so far has been you know um it's not it's not about money for the people doing this work most most of the time maybe hopefully i don't know maybe maybe i'm naive oftentimes i am but it's it, it to me it feels like i'm i'm using these things right i'm using wordpress i'm using these plugins i'm using these npm packages to build software to build websites and you know sometimes i have ideas about what i could what I could um, cobble together and put out there as just a little utility that other people could use and benefit from and also contribute back to if, if they felt, if, if, you know, if that works out for them or not, but also, you know, me using these things, I feel sort of almost an implicit obligation. Like if, if it is possible for me to contribute back to it, mm -hmm. that I should. And, you know, and that's not just like, okay, go open that, project up and go okay what is wrong with it i'm going sure. to try to fix it or something like that you know what i mean it's i'm using it yeah i notice something is is wrong i notice that there's a bug maybe i filed a bug report myself that's the first step right is like yeah. filing an issue that's 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 contributing even if it's not big right I, i've got plenty of contributions to wordpress and they're just little tiny one line documentation <laughs> fixes you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. um but you know then you know maybe you actually you know use some of your time since it's since it's something you're trying to use for a project that's probably paid you know client work if there's a bug in it 
and you don't want it to go out with a bug, you, you shouldn't just be like relying on that person who's, who's provided this for free. Like, Hey, there's a bug, fix it so I can use it. Spend a little bit of your time fixing that bug, you know, yourself, if you, if you can, right. That's, that's the way I feel about open source is that it's never been about trying to get paid for it. Yeah. Um, but I'm also in a privileged position where I have a full-time job. Hmm. I can just, you know, uh, use stuff or not contribute or not if I, you know, so. Yeah. I think I definitely was coming at a, at a different, a slightly different perspective. Cause yeah, I don't want to be paid for any, I, I use these things. I consume these things. So I think maybe I'll add that to my 2022 goals is, uh, how maybe come up with a, my own philosophy to help my own morals morale mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. how to give back to these, uh, communities that I have been benefiting from for just, you know, just a word of caution, right? So there's, <laughs> The, uh, the, and and this is the last thing because I know we're probably over time here, no but um, the, there's uh, there's this thing that happens every October called Hacktoberfest, and you might have heard about it last year as you know not being as uh, as great as as it kind of seems on the face of it because it's kind of um, gamifying. Yeah, we're trying to gamify open source contributions and. Uh, there was a lot of backlash because um, people, and, and I think this was based on one particular like video that somebody with like a large audience put out, but uh, basically they demonstrated, here's how you can contribute to an open source project. And the way that they demonstrated it was not a good way of demonstrating it. You know what I mean? It was kind of like that, <laughs> it was kind of like that conversation that we had about like documentation and how like, if you leave stuff out, people might just use it that way instead of knowing that they need to do other things. Right. So like, this was just like, Oh, opening, opening an issue, changing some line in the documentation that's not even relevant and submitting it. Right. And, and, and people having, you know, maintainers having to deal with spam contributions. (laughs) So don't do it that way. But um, I will say that if you are reading the documentation, you know, like I, I am often reading the docs for Gutenberg and the, and the block editor all the time. And sometimes something doesn't click, something doesn't make sense. And I have to go digging into like, okay, how, how does this actually work? Were they missing something in the docs? Once I find that thing, it is super easy actually to, 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 go to the repository in GitHub and uh, submit an edit. Like, and it, it makes it almost seamless, but you have to, you have to, have to, have to actually be c- contributing something worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just for the sake of contributing. Sure. But I want to get back to the very end, our, you know, scrap music to code to. Sure. What about stuff that isn't coding that, that you like to do and to spend your time on? that that you think others will like if you want me to go first i got something uh, i'll let you go first then yeah okay all right so and i'm gonna try not to like say i'm gonna try just pick one thing because sure. i'll have plenty of other things oh, to talk about i'm very year, excited for just, this segment yeah <laughs> so i just finished psychonauts 2 okay uh recently uh psychonauts 2 a video game uh by double fine um the, uh i this this came out last year sometime um but i could not play it yet because i got it for pc and my pc drastically 
needed uh, an upgrade. So I did finally get that upgrade. Um, and so I was finally able to play it. And this is, this is one of the first games in a long time that I literally 100%ed everything, got every achievement that, cause they don't have those yeah. you know, crap achievements where you have to like do insane do some, things yeah, to get them. Carry right? the ball from um, beginning to the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was an absolute joy to play the, the, uh, the storyline was brilliant. Just everything about that game is so, I mean, if, and if you haven't played the first Psychonauts, maybe, maybe start there, but you don't necessarily have to. It was just uh, an incredible experience. I'm sad that I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it's one of those moments where you wish you could play it again for the first time kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's great. I like that answer. I like that answer a lot. Mine actually kind of can feed off of that a tiny bit. I just finished in the last two weeks the first two seasons of The Witcher um, on Netflix, which I thought was very good. It was, you know, very entertaining. Um, but it reminded me that I already own The Witcher 3 that I've never played or installed even. I think I bought it on sale years ago and like mm -hmm. most people with Steam. And um, I yeah. booted up my Steam link and connected to my television. And I start. I actually went even a step further where I drilled a hole through my floor so I can get an Ethernet cable <laughs> to Heck and from yeah. my, my router just to make it more seamless. And um, yeah, I we me and my partner have been playing um, uh, The Witcher 3. Um, nice. Uh, which is, makes, if you stay on most of the main quest lines and don't deviate too much and some of the crazier side stuff. That's which hard for me. Same. Um, but it's, it, it actually <laughs> makes for a really good backseat gaming um, yeah. uh, game because you're basically game playing between um, you're basically playing the game between cutscenes and dialogue choices, which are actually quasi pretty entertaining for somebody who's not playing the game to be involved with. Um, mm -hmm. um, but on the other side of that, it's also made me want to read the books for the Witcher because I just really like <laughs> medieval fantasy. Like that's one of my favorite yeah, yeah. genres. I, you know, I play RuneScape. I watch the Witcher. I liked game of Thrones. I go to Ren fairs. So like, mm -hmm. that's just the type of person I am. Uh, but I have not been able to leave my house because we got so much snow <laughs> and my van broke down for a few days. I got it working oh, now, no. but I, I need to go out and get the, the first books for, from the series. And I look forward to diving. I always like those types of medias that it actually game mm -hmm. of Thrones did that the first season where I then went and read all of the books and, uh, it's a multimedia the, experience. Yeah, I went down the wiki <laughs> hole of that whole thing as well. And, you know, it was just fantastic. I love that. You know, maybe it's my ADHD of some sort of whatever. But yeah, like uh, it really feeds when I'm able to like let my brain do five things at once. It really likes that. So now that I can like mm -hmm. keep poking at the show, which Netflix has provided tons of behind the scenes content. And now I have like six books I need to read and three games mm -hmm. I need to play with plenty of DLC. I'm I'm a happy camper right now. So, um, yeah, it's been providing me a lot of uh, joy in these snowy uh, weeks that we've had so nice awesome i'm looking forward to more of these segments <laughs> i didn't realize <laughs> we were both steam link owners so that's cool. oh yeah <laughs> uh, i and i think you're gonna be a steam deck owner eventually and oh, i've maybe. been staring maybe. i've been staring at it so yeah i'm excited for it but i have not committed yeah i feel weird because uh i'm 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 in line for the the pre-order because it's not it's sure. not a pre-order yet um but also i just upgraded my pc mm -hmm. this the um 
I did also end up getting a, a new TV that has Android TV in it, and okay. the Steam Link app is actually is actually works really well on that's it. That's that's awesome. So my Steam Link is now relegated to a different room, and I haven't used it in a little while sure. because I can just use it directly from the television with a Bluetooth controller connected. Yeah, and even the Steam controller too. Sure, it, it works with it. Um, yeah, I use my so, the iPad with the Steam Link app often uh, for certain games that mm-hmm. um, I think cozy grove is a really good one for touch because it's basically mm. kind of meant for touch um and yeah that's awesome well i'm glad we can both nerd out about that <laughs> all right well we should stop nerding out and do do let's do one final nerd out for wordpress because there is an event yes. coming up that i want just wanted to mention a WordFest live uh march 4th so this should be out in plenty of time for anybody listening uh, on the day it releases or thereafter to uh, get your tickets. There's a there's a great lineup. Uh, it's a it's again it's a um, it's an event that's focused on uh, WordPress, but also remote working and mental health, <laughs> which we all kind of need. Um, and there are some friends of the show from you know from from last season who we interviewed that will be speaking. Michelle Frechette and Joe A. Simpson Jr being some of them and there is a a future guest in that lineup as well but i'm gonna leave you hanging so you'll have to try to guess uh which one uh it will be will be on an episode in the future but uh stay tuned for more and uh i think that's it for today i think that's it i think how do we do how do we do on time (laughs) we're at an hour and 16 so i think we did it not bad not Not bad bad at all. all right This is a great time to end. Thank you, Phil, so much. Of course. We'll see you all next time. See you next time. That's all for this episode. Join us next time for a discussion about selling accessibility as an agency with Bet Hannon of BH Business Websites, who recently spoke at WordCamp 2021. Also, now that WordPress 5.9 is out, don't forget to check out the free theme, Tendo, developed and just released by Phil for full site editing. Check the episode description for links to things we mentioned in the show. And don't forget to send your questions, thoughts, and fan mail to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as in the loop underscore WP. If you're interested in having a WordPress website custom built, or you want to join a team that does that, head over to our site at blackbird.digital and drop us a line. Thanks for listening to in the loop. See you next time.